In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps a $5 minimum balance required. All right, you are tuned in to the Punt and Pass podcast. It is week 11, and I am your host, Drew Butler, joined by my co-host, SEC all-time leading passer in yardage and touchdowns. That is the Georgia Bulldog great Aaron Murray. We can find our podcast online, Twitter and Instagram, at Punt and Pass, puntandpass at gmail.com, and we have an awesome podcast for you today Gerard Powers Auburn great former NFL cornerback joins us to talk about the Georgia Bulldogs heading onto the plains to take on the number 10 ranked Auburn Tigers and Aaron I mean people want an extended playoff they want an 18 playoff you got it right here this weekend look at the list of games it is packed with top 10 and top 15 matchups yeah it's all over the place I mean I I was actually I was talking to my dad last night we're on the phone and we were talking a little about college football, NFL, and I was like, man, I honestly, I don't really watch NFL too much anymore. And I'm not a big fantasy guy. I'm not, I don't have my fantasy teams, and maybe if I did that, I would watch. But it has been such an exciting football season. I think with the addition of the playoffs and the importance of each and every week right now, college football has been awesome. It has been a heck of a year. This weekend, once again, we got top games left and right. I'm going to be in the studio in New York Sweet. doing the halftime. Sweet. So once again, I get 20 TVs Let's go. right in front of me again to watch it. So it's going to be another beautiful weekend. A lot of fun for us to cover. Uh, the playoff committee, I tell you what, man, they're going to have some sleepless nights because if the thing if it keeps going the way it is, it's going to be a tough decision picking who those top four teams are going to be. Yeah, it will be a tough decision. You know what? If they're smart, they'll be listening to our podcast in their committee meeting. I heard it gets very contentious in there. I hear people get pretty heated with their opinions. Put on the sweet sounds of Aaron and Drew and the Punt and Pass podcast and level your heads. Get some relatable information. Take some advice from guys who have been there. Yes, Aaron, I'm bragging about you and I. Guys who have been there, and we have Gerard Powers on today's podcast as well. Eight-year NFL veteran. I said it in the show open. He is an Auburn gray. He has some fiery hot takes regarding this big-time matchup this weekend, but you said it, man. I mean, it's been a lot of fun up to this point, and it's only going to get better week after week. And uh, unfortunately for me, I just, I, I've had one of those days, Aaron. It's been one of those days. We recorded uh, the interview with Gerard, and I, I just, you know, it's poor performance. It's a poor it's performance a poor, on it was, my part. It, it was. And I just want to formally apologize to you. Um, it, it may have started off bad, but it, it's how you finish. And I, and I learned that at a very, very early age. And I watched that Ric Flair 30 for 30 last night. Did you see that? I missed it. I saw the uh, the funny Instagram pictures of if everyone had Ric Flair's hair, what they would look it was like. So good. I, it was such I think a you good... would look good if you had the flow, man. I you think know, I've seen good. I've seen Ric Flair. I'm back in the Atlanta area. He hangs out um, at a few watering holes. He probably doesn't anymore regarding his recent health issues. But you know what? He had a quote last night, and it was from one of his promos, and it made me think of our podcast, the Punt and Pass podcast. He said, "Whether you like it or you don't like it." 
You better learn to love it because we're the best thing going. Woo! Come on, baby. That's where we're at right now. We I do think this. we need a little pun and pass T-shirts, and we'll put that quote on the back. We, we'll right. even tag him on it. I think I think that's golden. We'll, we'll hand him out the SEC championship game in a month. Dude, I love that. I, I absolutely love that idea. We're in this for the love of the game. We don't get paid for this. That's why you don't hear ads on our show. Now, am I saying that I don't want to get paid for this? No, of course <laughs> not. But we're in this for the love of the game. We're bringing you what you need to know on a bi-weekly basis. No, not bi-weekly, twice a week basis. So you guys are in the loop. We are your podcast. All right, my rant's over. I'm feeling good now. I got that off my chest. I, I'm ready I feel to like rock you just took some caffeine. Body. You're ready to go. Dude, I'm your ready eyes are a little bloodshot red right now. I'm Listen, Whew. I'm feeling the juice all the way in, uh, I don't even know where I am right now. I'm covering the Northern Illinois, the Northern Illinois game Illinois, baby. tomorrow night. It's freezing cold right now. It's going to be in the 20s and 30s tomorrow. And they said they don't close the booth. It's going to be wide <laughs> open. So I'm going to be freezing, Sweet. absolutely freezing tomorrow. I'm going to be stuttering as I call the game most likely. Well, you know what? It, you, you deserve that because you took pictures of me stumbling and fumbling while recording that interview with Gerard Powers. You put him on your Instagram at Aaron Murray 11. I'm at Drew Butler 13. You can find us on Twitter at both of those handles as well. But you threw a little shade my way, but I deserved it. I take punches. I roll with them. I'll throw a few back. But right now it's all about the podcast, the team, the team, the team. We're moving ahead. We're moving ahead. And let's dive right in to the second week of the college football playoff poll. Nothing changed in the top four, but really the jockeying for position from five to 10 is something that everybody needs to pay attention to. Wisconsin undefeated five and six play this week which is Oklahoma and TCU, and 3-8 and eight play this week, which is Notre Dame and Miami. Obviously, Georgia playing Auburn. That's the number one ranked team against the number 10 ranked team. So I think the college football playoff committee is pretty happy because it's going to be kind of natural selection from here on out. Yeah, and things always shape, them, shape their way out, especially in conferences. Uh, you're going to see a lot of big conference games these next uh, four weeks as we finish off the season and obviously the conference championship game. So listen, it's, it's fun. It's exciting. It's great to talk about what the current rankings are and all the discussion of, are we going to make it? Are my team going to make it? Well, if there's two teams with one loss, who goes in? It's, it's, it's great talk during the week, but somehow it always finds a way to sell itself out by the end of the season. And I hope it does because the last thing you want to do is see someone get screwed and, and miss a chance to go to the playoffs. If they do deserve it, uh, like a one loss sec team that loses the championship game. Hopefully we don't have to worry about that. Hopefully, uh, like I said, it just starts cranking itself out. But like you said, the TCU, Oklahoma, someone's going to lose. They're out of the playoffs. Miami, Notre Dame, someone's going to lose. They're going to be out of the playoffs. So it's going to be, a lot clearer picture after this weekend. And I think uh, I was watching the show on Tuesday night where um, everybody breaks down and our boy David Pollock's on there and Herb Street. Uh, they talk about the top four. I think Herb Street listens to the Punt and Pass podcast because last week I asked you a simple question and I, I didn't want to throw you under the bus because Georgia fans are wild. And if you say anything negative about the university, um, they'll put you on a stake. But I said if Clemson's healthy and if Kelly Bryant is 100%, is Clemson better than Georgia? And Kirk Herbstreit asked the panel, or I think he said, a healthy Clemson may be the best team in the nation right now. They are an extremely, extremely sound football team. If Kelly Bryant has time and he's healthy, uh, that offense starts clicking. I, I'm kind of worried about the 
trajectory that Georgia's on right now being if they have to match up with Clemson uh, in that one and four spot, that would be scary because I think that is a fantastic matchup, one that would just be a knockdown drag out, not uh, far from what's really expected this week at Auburn. If you want to jump into that game right now, Aaron, we can. We're going to make our picks later on in the show, and I can tell you with confidence right now, I don't know who I'm picking, so stay tuned later on in the show. <laughs> I just got these feelings, and it's not negative. It, it's just realistic, Aaron. I, I'm worried about playing a team that is absolutely desperate, and not just a desperate team, a desperate team that's talented. I wish I had your quote. I might have to go back into a pun pass about, I don't know, this entire season, because every week you're harping, everyone jump on the bandwagon. The dogs, the dogs are great. I got to be No objective. more worrying. And now you're finally jumping on the uh, the hater. They're dreaming some, some <laughs> of hater, hater, whatever it's called. I agree with you, though. This is going to be one heck of a football game. I love it, though. I don't. Yes. Listen, and I said it verse four too. Yes, I love a blowout. Yes, I love when the dogs just crush it. But I really love a great football game when you're on the edge of your seat. It's the fourth quarter, two minutes to go, and you don't know who's going to win the game. Yeah. Those are fun football games, not these 40-point blowouts. And everyone's worried, oh, we barely beat South Carolina last week. It's close. Listen, we had the ball for 38 minutes. We dominated. You can't win every game by 30 points. You're playing in the SEC, and this is going to be another great football game, and it's at Auburn. Yeah. Huge advantage. Home field advantage is critical in these type of games. It's going to be loud. It's going to be rowdy. Those fans are going to be pumped. The Georgia, number one team in the country, is coming in town. Auburn's number 10. Auburn has a dang good football team. I said it since the beginning of the season that Auburn is talented. They got a great defense. They got a great run game. Carry on Johnson, 15 touchdowns, almost 900 yards rushing. Jared Stidham. I love, I love the way he throws the football. I've been saying it all year. Throws the prettiest deep ball in the game oh, right give now. Me a I'm break. talking about it's he can spin it, man. He you got can a better arm it. than Baker Mayfield, you think? Deep down the field. So. I think he throws the best ball downfield than anyone else in wow. college football right now. Wow. Yep. Completely right. think so. It's pretty, man. And if he has time, and the biggest thing is, once again, uh, Georgia's going to be at Auburn. Alabama's going to be at Auburn. And if you look at Auburn's two losses this year, at Clemson, which is a pain in the ass to play at, and at LSU, which is another extremely difficult place to play at, those defensive line, they have an opportunity to get off the line of scrimmage, get pressure on the quarterback. Now you're at home. You have the opportunity to change the cadence up, mix yep. it up, do a better job of protecting Stidham in the pocket. Uh, if he has time to throw the ball, he's shown he can do it. And then obviously going back to the run game, they got a great run game. So it's going to be a tough game. If you want to look at the step, both teams, it's just eerie how similar both teams are scoring 36 points a game. Both teams are allowing Georgia about 12, Auburn about 16, 17. It's, it's crazy. They are identical football teams. It's going to be a great game. And these are the type of football games that you love to be a part of. All right. So um, I'll give you why I'm pessimistic entering into this game. And of course, as I said earlier, we'll give you our picks after our interview with Gerard Powers. But I I'm, I'm worried about an intangible. And, and that's what I bring here. I I'm not going to go deep into X's and O's because that that's why you're a co-host on the Punt and Pass podcast. I I've been a part of of games like these, uh, most notably before the NFL playoffs started back in 2015, okay? 
The Seattle Seahawks were coming to Arizona. Arizona, the Cardinals, we had just clinched a bye. We had the division wrapped up. We clinched a bye. We knew that we were home free and ready to rock and roll, just like the Georgia Bulldogs are. Now they're in the SEC championship. They are SEC East champions. If they lose this game, the season's not over. Does their back go up against the wall? Sure it does, but they have a chance in Atlanta to beat whoever they play and make it into the college football playoff. Well, Seattle comes rolling into Arizona, obviously a talented team, and they needed to win just to keep their playoff hopes alive. This was the last week of the regular season. We played all our starters. The message all week long was, hey, we're not backing down. We're keeping the momentum. And guess what happened, Aaron? We got our ass ran out of the stadium in the first half. Now, I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but what I'm saying is that when a team plays desperately and they have a lot of talent that gives me reason to believe that Auburn knows that they cannot afford to mess things up Georgia on the other hand they've been brainwashed by Kirby Smart and I love it we talked about this weeks ago saying there is one voice coming out of the Georgia locker room I can't remember a time that that really has ever happened when you and I were in school Aaron we had some cowboys out there we had some guys who were willing to say whatever they wanted we had some guys who we're ready to go to the NFL, quite frankly. But Georgia's senior leadership, guys who are selfless and they're all about the team, these guys are the ones that can keep their heads on straight. I just have not convinced myself yet, yet, as I sit here and record this podcast with you, that Georgia will be able to take the heavyweight punches that Auburn is ready to serve them up on Saturday. Yeah, this is going to be the best defense that Georgia's playing all year. And we say it every week, Georgia's going to have to pass the ball. Jake Fromm's going to have to pass the ball. I think he can. I think, and I've turned on the Auburn film. I've seen their defense. I do think they have a good defense. I think they have a good run defense. I do think they're susceptible a little bit throwing the ball. If you want to throw it against Auburn, I think there's some holes down the field to do it. I think Jake Fromm, has had, he has the confidence now. He feels good. He's been throwing it well. Terry Godwin, the rest of the receivers are looking great. Last week, they finally got the tight ends involved a little bit, so hopefully they continue to get the tight ends more involved. I think I think they can do it both. I think even though Auburn is a good defense, I think if you establish the run game early and then maybe get into some play-action passes, get that one-on-one on the outside, I like our talent at receiver versus Auburn's talent on defense. I like that too. And in, in Auburn, I can't name a receiver on Auburn's team. I, I have no idea who their talent is on offense besides Jarrett Stidham and Carryon Johnson. I mean, those guys are the ones that are carrying the well, burden. They got, well, they got Ryan Ryan Davis receiver, forty eight receptions, four touchdowns. Eh. I mean, they got some, it is is a bunch of smaller name guys because Auburn's known they're they're known for running the ball, yeah. throwing bubbles. Georgia's screens, got a so they, great run defense. They do. Well, Auburn hasn't had a quarterback that threw, has thrown the ball down the field. When's the last one they had it? Cam was a runner. Nick Marshall, your boy. Nick Marshall was a runner. Um, so I mean, you don't go to re, you don't go to Auburn if you want to be a receiver. Yes. You know, if you if you want to block and you want to catch some bubbles, you go there. So they don't really have big, talented guys. They have guys that can play well. If they get a one-on-one opportunities, they can go out there and make some plays for you. But their game is also just run the ball. You saw it versus LSU. They won. They keep running it. Uh, then they then all of a sudden LSU came back and, and won that game. But uh, both teams are similar offensively. They want to run the ball and they're going to keep doing it till you stop them. It's just then who what quarterback's going to play better at the end of the day. Yeah. And, and why wouldn't you take that approach into a game like this? Um, I don't know who to pick. 
you're gonna have to stay. We're not picking. We're not picking yet, though, right? We're picking no, later. We're gonna pick after, and we're right, about you get more time to. Yeah, we're about to go through an entire debacle of an interview, which was really good, and I'm so thankful that Gerard Powers joined us because he is awesome. He's retired now. He's got a great family. He was a fantastic football player, both at Auburn and in the NFL. A teammate of mine with the Arizona Cardinals, never shy to give you an opinion. He's got a great story about his five-year-old son, Camden, um, taking a visit to Auburn. But after the interview, Aaron, we're breaking down all the games. We're going to give everybody all the picks. Georgia-Auburn, Bama-Mississippi State, Notre Dame-Miami, TCU-Oklahoma, Michigan State-Ohio State, Iowa-Wisconsin. Huge weekend of college football. We are not just limited to the SEC. Now we got to go big picture baby and that is where we're headed so right now Aaron let's welcome in our guest on week 11 of the punt and pass podcast my guy Gerard Powers all right we're going to welcome in our guest to week 11 of the punt and pass podcast he's a good friend of mine a former teammate of mine an Auburn Tiger great he of course is Gerard Powers Gerard first off how is everything going big week in the state of Alabama First off, just War Eagle uh, for both of you guys. Uh, I knew you guys weren't good enough to come to Auburn, so you had to go to Georgia instead. But uh, I'm looking forward to this week, man. Um, You know, with everything Auburn's done and the frustrations that we have as Auburn fans, uh, hopefully this week everything will click, and uh, we kind of need this one. We kind of hold our own destiny in our hands with some good games uh, ahead of us with you guys and Bama. So, you know, it's it's definitely a fun week in SEC. It is a fun week in the SEC, and we're going to get into the football stuff here in a minute. But importantly, how is my man Cam doing? If you don't know who Cam is, for all of our fans and listeners, he's Gerard's son. Uh, You're going to have to tell me how old he is, but I do know that he will be good enough to get a full scholarship in football, and he probably will end up going to the University of Georgia to play for Kirby Smart. Is that correct? He's a smart kid. I got a quick funny story. Cam is great. Cam's five years old, just started kindergarten, and – all his friends and the teachers and everybody at school think he's so cool because everybody that they like as football players, he just plays it cool. Like, yeah, I know him. I know the manager. I know Carson or, and all that stuff. But uh, we're at, I was honorary captain for the Mississippi State game. So uh, they every time I come down there, they treat Cam like he's on a visit, like camera guy following him, the whole nine. So Gus asked Cam, are you going to play for Auburn once you get older? And Cam's response was, well, my top five schools is Auburn, Georgia, Florida, Ooh. SC, and LSU. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what in the world? <laughs> he was like, well, yeah, I like Georgia because they got cool colors. <laughs> just like, Smart right, man. <laughs> That's awesome. So your five-year-old son gave Gus Malzahn his top five. That is a – he's a yeah. smart kid. What do you got to say? Yeah, man. The guy got four letters already from friends of mine, but uh, he actually really think that he's getting recruited. So you know, it's all about psyching the mind of these kids to keep things going, you know? That's great. I tell you what, you see these kids, though. they're getting, I've seen kids 9, 10 years old, 11 years old getting scholarships nowadays. You're just like, really, dude? Come on. It's way too early for those kids. Uh, that receiver from West Virginia, I think he was the kid that Kiffin offered at SC when he was like in the 7th grade or 6th grade or something like that. Now he's like one of the best receivers and in football at West Virginia. So, yeah, I don't know if I, how I feel about that if somebody tried to offer my son before he even developed 
pew pants yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a tricky, tricky situation. That's awesome. And then, of course, on the home front also, your wife is smarter than you. She went to the University of Alabama. How do you deal with the house divided? Because if Alabama beats Auburn, Jackie and I are going to have a little uh, competition because Georgia and Alabama are going to play in the SEC championship. And, Gerard, we're having a kid. So I think what we're going to do is the winner of the game gets full naming rights to our first child. And then um, also our first child gets to be a fan of whoever wins the SEC championship game. So a lot of pressure riding on a possible Georgia-Alabama SEC championship. Man, well, uh, our house is not divided. Uh, <laughs> my, my wife, my wife, right now did a little surprise trip to Disney with the kids and uh, her mom and dad, and she's walking around Orlando right now with Auburn sweatshirts on and stuff. So our house is not divided. I let that be known very early <laughs> in our relationship, and uh, like my son to this day don't don't know that my wife. Had uh, one bad decision in her life with going to Alabama, so he thinks it's a house full of Auburn guys. So that's a that's a talk that we got to prepare ourselves for down the road. Right now, we're all Auburn in this household. I love uh, it. He'll, he'll be going to Georgia one day if he has his mind on right. But let's going back to this weekend's game and this season in general. Uh, I don't know how much you've been able to watch Auburn, the Tigers, War Eagles, whatever you guys are. What do you relax, like so far from relax. this team? What do you What do you guys What do you like? And what, do you, what needs to happen this weekend if you guys are going to win? Uh, you know, well, I think with us defensively, we're just going to have to, you know, accept the challenge. I think uh, Georgia offensively is night and day from what they were a year ago. And, uh, you know, with the talent that these guys have, you know, the, the four running backs, I call them the four-headed monsters. I've been, I've been actually bragging about those running backs uh, from, like, week one when I uh, first watched Georgia play. I was like, man, they got a, a pretty – you know, good backfield other than Chubb that I think people's need, uh, people need to start, you know, watching out for and uh, to, to see how they transform as the season went on just shows you how good of a coach Kirby is and the staff that he has. But, you know, for us at Auburn, you know, we got one of the best defenses in the country and it's just a matter of us, you know, playing that way and matching that intensity and that excitement and the hype of the game offensively. You know, it's been one of those things to where, you know, I don't know what we're going to get week in, week out, you know, and hopefully, you know, it'll just click for us uh, this week and we can uh, move the chains a little bit and not try to rely on big shots the entire game. If if we get in the third and shorts and we're able to complete a couple sto- uh, couple stops, hitches, you know, some some quick throws, I think we'll be fine if we, uh, if we can move the chains. But if Gus is trying to get a big play every time we throw the ball, you know, taking a shot down the field, I think it's going to be tough for us offensively, uh, especially with the defense that Georgia has. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of remind you of that old that old style of Georgia football, like back in the day. So, uh, you know, I think it's definitely going to be an exciting game and some some key matchups to look for. And uh, I think it's some, you know, plain in sight type matchups that I think both sides look at. If we can win this battle or that battle, we'll win the game. Looking at just home field advantage, and I think this year – uh, for Auburn, the big the big problem has been just protecting Stidham. Jared Stidham's been on his back, especially at Clemson, at LSU. Those those really loud environments. Now he's at home. This game versus Alabama, defenses won't be able to get a jump off the ball. What is it? What does it mean to be home for these big SEC games? How important is it to have that home field advantage? Man, it means a lot. I remember 2007. Uh, we were kind of rolling a little bit, and. Uh... 
it's a young Matt Stafford and I remember that game really well too, Gerard. Good memory. Yeah, I, I, I bet you do. You guys needed a gimmick <laughs> just to beat us. That's uh, right. You know, uh, you know, just playing at home. And like I said, I remember in 2007 going in, going to Georgia and thinking like, you know, we're better than these guys. We we should win this game, even though I know it's a rivalry. Just mentally, just knowing like, no, this year we, we we're going to beat Georgia. And you know, in warm ups, they all come out in your little pretty little red and silver. Uh, uniforms and then when we come back out you know it's like a two o'clock game and it felt like a night game when you know the blackout started you know so I, I think you know home field advantage definitely plays a role because you know playing at Auburn you know obviously I'm gonna say we got the best fans in the world you know it's loud the atmosphere is there the excitement's there the uh the hype everything about it and you can kind of re- just relax a little bit you know the crowd's gonna be on your side uh when you're playing at home and you know the the opposing team is gonna have fits you know just trying to communicate and hopefully we can be loud as we've been all year uh when you guys come into town i mean you're the number one team in the nation for a reason and you know we should bring that intensity into the stadium uh with us being the number 10 uh ranked team and with our future in our own hands yeah jordan hair i mean it is a it is an amazing place to play especially when it's a prime time game like 3 30 on cbs number one verse number 10 and uh, Gerard, you know, Georgia's a three-point favorite, and I have not made up my mind yet on who I'm going to pick to win the game. I have to be objective. You know, that's my job here on the Punt and Pass podcast. And let me just relate something to you, something that you and I both went through on the 2015 Arizona Cardinals team. As you know, Georgia just clinched the SEC East a week ago. They're 9-0, and number one in the nation, riding high. Auburn has their backs absolutely against the wall. They have to win this weekend to keep their season alive, truly keep their season alive. I'm relating this back to 2015. We clinched a bye week in the playoffs. We were division champs. We clinched a bye week, and the Seattle Seahawks came to Arizona needing a win to get to even have a chance to go to the playoffs. We played all of our starters, and they beat our ass. Yeah, they embarrassed us. Oh, my God. I mean, that was terrible, and I had this, like, I had this gut feeling, and I know Kirby has brainwashed Georgia in a really good way. One message, not looking ahead, taking it week by week. But, man, when you play a desperate team and a talented, desperate team, I think if Georgia can't apply pressure to Stidham, it could be a wake-up call for Georgia. No question this will be a four-quarter game, but if Stidham has time, this one's going to be very interesting to say the least. Oh man, I remember that game like no other. You would you would have thought that we had a losing season when we got done with that game, even though we had everything uh, clinched and you know getting ready for the playoffs. And it's a similar feel for Georgia. I can definitely understand where, where you're coming from when you say that. You know, Georgia's clinched the East. Uh, you know, everybody's talking about you know the SEC championship with potential matchup: Georgia, Bama, Nick versus Kirby, teacher versus former student, the whole nine. Like, I get it, and it's, it's on paper. It looks like a trap game, but when you're talking about, you know, Auburn, Georgia, the oldest robbery in the South, you can kind of throw all that stuff out the window. I think both sides know you're going to have to come ready to play. I mean, you remember – uh, I don't want to bring up any old memories, but you know the game to where uh, we had the tip pass. Uh, oh yeah, that's oh, old Murray right there. Yeah, I, I didn't want to like you know bring that up, but that that kind of have like similar feeling feeling, but vice versa. Even though it was at Auburn, but we had a lot on the line uh, that year. We went to the uh, I want to say that year was that the year we went to the national championship and lost to Florida. 
I think, I yeah, Florida lost State. to Florida State. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Yep. Nick Marshall. Uh, but, you know, it's a lot It's a lot riding on this game for both sides. I mean, you got an Auburn team who, who needs it uh, for their season and their coach, uh, per se. And then you got a Georgia team who's trying to establish themselves as the new kids on the block ready to take over, uh, you know, the SEC ranks type type deal. And, and that's why I think this matchup is so, like, big and uh, so important. I think everybody needs to be watching this game because ever since the Notre Dame game for you guys, I think this is going to be the biggest matchup you guys face. And, you know, with us having to play, you know, Clemson early and a couple other big games, I think both teams is ready for this matchup to, to prove what type of team, you know, they are heading into the postseason. Yeah, I think it's definitely our biggest game of the season. Completely, completely agree with you on that one. Notre Dame was a big game, but that wasn't a conference game. This is the biggest conference game we'll have this entire season. Uh, if you guys lose to Georgia this weekend, then go ahead and lose to Alabama. Both games at home. Is Gus going to be heading out the door after the season? You know, uh, I think I think that seat gets a little hot. Uh, you know, especially after last year with. Uh, you know, everybody saying, you know, it was a, a, a chance or his seat was hot last year as well. You know, when, when it comes to beating Bama first, your in-state rival, you know, that plays a toll. And then, you know, I don't think we've beaten Georgia. It's been a while. I think Georgia's 12 and 4. Or yeah, 9 and 2 the last 11 years, dude. Yeah, so, I mean, that this stuff plays a toll when, you, when you're talking about big-time SEC jobs and, when you have top ten recruiting classes every year, top recruiting classes every year, you know you expect to 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 win some of these rivalry games and establish your own foot in the door as a top prominent you know college program. And you know with with uh, Jay Jacobs already stepping down, yeah. and the mess that we already have at the university involving you know the softball team and other things, you know it wouldn't surprise me if if, if we lose these last two games and say lose that bowl game as well. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if the the head officials over there at Auburn, you know, wants to just completely start over with a new AD and uh, AD having its own coach as well. But I think, I think Gus is the man for the job. I think he, you know, it got these kids going in the right direction and he can, he can definitely win these last two games, but just the nature of the business and with Saban making everything as tough as it is, you know, if this was, all right, Gerard, need your prediction. Who's going to win the game? What's the score going to be? Let me know what's going to happen on Saturday. I got 21-17 Auburn. We score late. It's 17-14 late with maybe two or three minutes left in the game. We go up 21-17, uh, uh, and Georgia's driving down the field, and our defense makes a stop and win the game. That's what I think is going to happen. I love it. I love it. And I still have yet to pick the game, so I will take that into account. And, Gerard, you're going to have to listen in to the Punt and Pass podcast out Thursday morning to find out who I pick because you might, you might be surprised, all right? I, I'd definitely be surprised if y'all don't pick the little puppy dogs. <laughs> <laughs> all right, dude. Well, hey, I appreciate you jumping on with us. Thanks for your time. Thanks for being patient with me and my lack of um, technological savantness that's not even a word but whatever and uh tell your family i said hello and tell give camden and uh, cal my best uh you do the same man good luck with that baby and Aaron, look forward to following you buddy yeah see, uh, same to you brother all right later Gerard. that was a great interview with gerard powers former nfl cornerback obviously an auburn gray and i appreciate his time and his patience for putting up with me and my lack of podcasting 
abilities. I try, people. I give you 100%. Sometimes the ball just doesn't bounce my way. And uh, today was one of those days. But I'm going to go 4-0 and in my picks and make it all up. How about that story um, with him and Cam going to Auburn and, and Gus asking him if he's going to come to Auburn and, and Cam throws him back his top five schools, obviously, including Georgia? Oh, obviously. And it's just... It really is funny, and we talked about in the interview that these coaches, some of some of them are serious now. They are starting early. I told, I, I think LeBron, LeBron James's son. I don't even know how old he is. I think he's already getting teams recruiting him. I don't know if it's because of the name or if he's talented, but these guys are no joke. And Lane Kiffin is infamous for it because he just wants attention. Is of course down there at FAU, so he's going to start offering like five-year-old kids or kids newly born just based on genetics. So. uh it's a crazy world we live in, man. Crazy world. And you know what's crazy is that Gerard was an honorary captain. He brings his son there. Cam's got cameras in his face. Guys are asking him questions. They're sending him letters. And I couldn't even bring my wife onto the sideline during pregame last week at the Georgia game to take a picture. I Dude, Drew, pick Auburn, baby. I know. Pick I am Auburn. fired Join the dark up. side, brother. Wow. Come on. What's going to happen? You got what's the hat backwards happen? right I now. Dude, I am so serious. Oh my pouring up your face. Drew is pissed, people. Drew is not happy. I'm not happy. And um, with that being said, let's dive in to week 11. Our picks, we're going to give you our prognostication, our predictions, all the above. And we are going to start with the game of the week. And that, of course, is the number one Georgia Bulldogs traveling west to the Plains to take on the number 10 ranked Auburn Tigers this game is at 3.30 on CBS, and Georgia's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Aaron, we've talked about it earlier in the show. I don't know where I'm going. It's going to be a game-time decision for me. I'll let you know, obviously, when we have to pick, but talk to me. Is Georgia going to win? You're acting like uh, you're acting like Sharon right now. Every time we go to a restaurant, <laughs> I'm like, what do you want to eat? You know, We've been looking at the menu for 20 minutes, and she goes, I don't know yet. You pick. I'm going to make a game-time decision. So I always have to go first. I look like an, an ass because I'm ordering before she does. And uh, and then, then she goes, uh, I'll just go with this one. Uh, so I have a feeling this is going to be you right now, but I'm going to drop a little bit more knowledge. Please, to dude, I need help. See if I can ease your pain at the moment. Thank you, sir. Um, listen, I'm going with Georgia, obviously, oh, okay. right that, now. That, that you makes know. me feel good. So you can go either way right now. That way both of us don't have to pick Auburn. You can feel good if you do want to pick Auburn. I just think my game changer right now, it's not a player. It's Kirby smart. It goes back to Kirby, goes back to coaching. I think he has these guys so focused right now and so put away from all the distraction. I think these guys, because it's kryptonite. If you, if you hear too much good stuff about you, it's a bad thing. If you hear too much bad stuff about you, it's a bad thing. I think he's done a great job this entire season of just shutting out the noise from the media, from the fans, all the BS out there, he has his team completely focused on doing their job each and every week. And I think he has done a great job, and I think he's done it again this week. I think they're going to be ready to rock and roll. I think we're going to be able to run it. I think the play-action pass is going to be beautiful. I think they're going to get after Stidham early on and shake him up a little bit. Uh, so I got the dogs winning, but I think it's going to be a close game. I hope it's a close game for the sake of CBS. I yes. hope it's a close game because yes, CBS needs some good – some good games to call, uh, but it's going to be a fun one, man. But I got the dogs winning. All right. Are you laying the two and a half? You think they're going to win? Or, yeah, the okay. two and a half. That's, yeah, so they're take, doing the two and a half. Okay. Yep. 
All right. You ready for me? Are you ready? Let's go. Come on, baby. Don't be scared. All right. Don't get scared. I can can assure you of one thing. I am surely not scared. Scared money don't make money. And and believe me, I do not fall into that category. So with the picks, Georgia has such a good running offense. Auburn obviously has a great run defense, but Georgia has been running through decent rush defenses all year long. So I do not see Georgia's run game being stopped by any means. Will they have a hard time establishing it? Yes, but they have a deep stable of running backs in the backfield. I believe they will be able to amass close or over 200 yards rushing offense. Okay, Jake Fromm will have to make throws downfield. He proved that last week against South Carolina. He can throw the ball on the flip side of things it all comes down to georgia's linebackers and their front seven if they can attack jarrett stidham okay if you get after jarrett stidham much like clemson did in week two all right i know this is a much different football team now i know auburn's offensive line is much improved from that point of the season but if you can get after stidham and affect him Auburn's offense stops. They're not as deep without Cameron Petway being available. They do have Carrion Johnson, who is a certified stud. But Georgia's defense is so, so good. They are an elite defense, and I've said it once. I'll say it again. Their brand of style of football, okay, which is a stout defense and a consistent running game, shows up every single week. I don't care if you're at home. I don't care if you're on the road. I don't care if there's 500,000 people in the stands. That brand of football shows up. Kirby Smart has these kids brainwashed, all right? I've talked about the offense. I've talked about the defense. This game's coming down to the third phase of football, and that, of course, is special teams, okay? Georgia has been playing lights out on special teams. Am I saying that Miko Hardman's going to run a punt back for a touchdown? Probably not. Am I saying that Rodrigo Blankenship is going to make a game-winning field goal? Maybe that's exactly what I'm saying. Cameron Nizelec, Georgia's punter. I mean, I went to the game last Saturday. I was having flashbacks. I was like, who is this kid? Looks like me out there just bombing the ball away. I think this game comes down to a last-second field goal, all right? And I'm going to give you, like, the most sachet game prediction ever. Rodrigo Blankenship will make a game-winning field goal in this game. It will be Georgia's defining moment of the season as they continue to march towards... Atlanta and the SEC and national championship game. Okay, Georgia does not cover. Georgia will be down. They will call a timeout with three seconds left. Rodrigo Blankenship will have his season-long field goal. It will be 52 yards from the left hash, and he will make it. Georgia wins by one point. I said it, one point, and I will not be surprised if for some reason they do not get into field goal range for Rodrigo. Okay? But... Rod's going to get a chance to put his stamp on a fantastic redshirt sophomore season. He is a Lou Groza semifinalist at this point right now. I think this game makes him a finalist for that award, and I think he makes a 52-yard field goal as time expires to take Georgia to 10-0. Dogs don't cover, but they get out with the victory. Was that good enough for you? Was that poetic enough for you? If if that happens, if he kicks a game-winning field goal— I am jumping on a plane from New York yes. at that very moment and flying back down to Atlanta because the, the city made Athens and Atlanta may burn down. If that happens, it's going to be 
pandemonium. The streets are going to be going crazy. That's called prophecy uh, right there. That is an amazing prophecy. And I may skip my last game. I have to call that night, like I said, and jump on a plane. But right. I love the the ones that you said. There's no way Georgia rushes for 200 yards. Okay. I'm just going to throw you out there right now. There's All no right. way. All right. No chance. They're going to have to commit to the run early. Unlike yeah, they did last week because they wanted to show everybody from can pass. They're going to run, 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 run. And I have one stat for you before we go to our next game. The last time Auburn's beat a team in the top 15 was November the 1st, 2014. It's been three years, more than three years since they beat a top 15 team. So they'll have a great chance this year. When's weekend. the last time Georgia, uh, we beat a, a number of 15 teams, right? Give us that stat, huh? Oh, geez. I, I need my yeah. CBS Sports Research Department, but I, yeah, where's I'm the not research hired department? by this CBS one, Drew. Sports, okay? Come on, Drew. We can't be too... You know, we had to be a little bit unbiased here. You got to go both sides of the. I understand. I understand. But uh, Georgia does not cover. They win on the last second field goal. They win by one point. One point. Next game, Aaron. I'm glad I got that off my chest. I hope it. Comes I'm really happy. I, I was. I will be hired. I was sitting on the edge of my seat, man. I know you were. I was. There, I was really excited. I'm like jumping up. Do it. I just do it. I think. I think end of the day. Up. I think end of the day, Georgia's, Georgia's better football team. I. Th- I think yes. that's what it comes down to. I um, think at Auburn's that the one thing that scares me if it's if it's in Athens, game over. We win. Yep. No, there's no use to go to the game at Auburn. That's that's a big big big. Big key for those boys. I like the senior leadership, and I like the defense and Rodrigo when he makes that 52-yarder to win the game. All right, next game, dude. We're going to Starkville. Number two, Alabama plays number 16, Mississippi State. Bama is a 14-point favorite. Dude, Bama is so beat up right now. Lots of injuries. Mississippi State playing consistently right now. Your boy Nick Fitzgerald, if he can have a good game, wow, that would only do wonders for his pro stock. What do you see happening here? I tell you what, Mississippi State did not look good to look uh, too good last week. It was funny. We all we all at CBS we picked who our studs of the week are going to be, and I picked Nick Fitzgerald. I thought he's going to come in against UMass and just dominate, and he threw uh, two picks in the first first <laughs> half. I'm like, what the Dude, heck is gotta, going on you gotta here? Stay away from them. I'm like, I just really need to stay away from Mississippi State. Every time I talk anything good about them. It just goes right down the tube, and they did not look good against UMass last week. Defensively, had a couple picks, pick six, but they just did not. I don't know if they were sleepwalking. It was a noon game. If they're looking ahead to Alabama, but if they sleepwalk in the first, second quarter of this game, it could get ugly and ugly fast. Uh, the one advantage, like we always talk about, home field advantage. They got the cowbells on their side this week, and Alabama's injury uh, injuries right now are starting to pile up on them. I just Nick Fitzgerald. I like him. I like him a lot, but he's been a turnover machine, <laughs> yeah, he has, man. Dude. He has ten interceptions this year. Ten. You're not going to get drafted. You're throwing ten interceptions and only thirteen touchdowns. So, right now he's he needs to do a better job protecting the ball. Alabama's done a great job all year of getting takeaways and then not turning the ball over as well. I think this game comes down to the turnovers. Alabama doesn't give it away, and right now Mississippi State has been really, really bad in that category. I think they're going to get a couple. Uh, from Nick Fitzgerald, I think he's going to throw one or two picks once again this week. And uh, Alabama is going to get another win, man. I just see them rolling. Mississippi State's a good football team. They're not elite. They're not an elite team. They're not going to be able to beat a Georgia, which we saw. They're not going to be able to beat an Alabama. They're just not quite there yet. Yeah, I don't think Mississippi State's offense can put up the 34 points that they have been doing per game. 
against Alabama. Alabama's defense will put Nick Fitzgerald in some sticky situations. They will force turnovers, and, and, and the atmosphere is going to be great in Starkville. I mean, we called it earlier this season when we said LSU was going to have trouble there. This is a night game. The Cowbells will be out, and Dan Mullen, I wonder if he's looking at those Tennessee or Florida jobs, trying to jump ship, get some contract negotiations going on behind closed doors. We'll see where his head's at. I'm I'm very much in agreement with you. I'm willing to lay down the 14 points, Aaron. Uh, that tells me everything I need to know. I don't think Mississippi State's able to put up a lot of points, and I, I see Bama winning this game, you know, 35, 38 to 10. So I'll lay the points. You're laying the points. 14 points, but I hate when SEC games are double digits, especially when you're on the road. Uh, I'm going to go with Alabama's going to win, but they're not going to cover the spread. Okay, cool. I think, yep, yeah, I just don't think so. I think uh, that crowd will keep them in the game. Alabama is banged up a little bit. And uh, Mississippi State's not a bad defense. They're a pretty good defense. I think they can hold it in for a little bit. I just don't think Mississippi State's going to be able to score many points against that Alabama defense at the end of the day as well. Very well said. I, I, It'll be a fun game to watch and one that everybody will be tuning over to maybe probably five minutes into the first quarter because that George-Auburn game will go a little bit late. Lots of timeouts to set up that Rodrigo Blankenship 52-yard game-winning field goal. The marquee game. Well, there's two, and this has been bugging me all season long. College football TV schedulers, get it together. I want these games spread out so I can have a buffet on Saturday. The first one we're going to talk about, though, it's at 8 p.m. on ABC, number three Notre Dame, 8-1 and one with that one loss coming to Georgia, goes to Miami. Miami is ranked number eight. They are 8-0. and oh. Notre Dame, a three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road, so Vegas thinks this one will be very close. You know, Miami forces all the turnovers against Virginia Tech last week. I, I don't think that they can rely on that rate of turnovers each week. Um, I think Wimbush is playing extremely well for Notre Dame right now. Malik Rozier did not get off to a good start. I think Notre Dame's defense can shut him down early, and Notre Dame wins this football game, Aaron. I think Miami needs to bring back the black unis again this week. Oh, I wonder Notre, if they will. If, if they, they bring it for a back-to-back weeks. I think that gets a little more juice right there. That may Fake juice, baby. They, it's a little, hey, you got to fake it till you make it right. And they, <laughs> they faked it so they made it last week. But that Miami defense, I tell you right now, those guys look good. And like you said, they're getting turnovers. That secondary is playing extremely well. But Notre Dame, yeah, Wimbush is passing the ball well. But the, the real key for this Notre Dame offense is what they've been doing on the run game. Wimbush running the ball. Adams running the ball. Right now, they're getting over 300 yards of rushing a game, 325 yards rushing per game. That's insane. And they're not playing scrubs. They're playing some good football teams, and they're running all over them. And I I don't know if Miami's going to be able to handle the run game. Rozier throwing three picks last week. I don't like that at all, especially it's a very good Notre Dame team. Everything in my heart wants to say Miami. It's at home. I think Miami's a good football team. I like their defense. I do think Rozier in his first year playing, I think he's having a pretty good year. I think last week scared me, though. Him throwing three interceptions has me thrown off a little bit. If he had a better game and they would have beaten Virginia Tech by another touchdown, maybe I would say, hey, maybe Miami has a chance in this game. But Notre Dame, I think they understand they need to win out. Miami, they lose this game. They're still going to go to the ACC championship game. Yeah. So they're still, they're they're still in a good position and lose to Clemson, but they're still <laughs> going to the ACC championship game. 
Notre Dame knows they need to win every single game if they want to make it to the playoffs. They're Ryan High. Wimbush has played well all year. I'm going with Notre Dame for the win, and they're going to cover the spread as well. All right, cool. So we're both going to lay the points there. Notre Dame covers the three and a half. Catholics versus convicts. And when and uh, when when somebody put the turnover chain last week on for Miami, he wrote like ball game on a whiteboard, and he stood up and he was like, "Yeah, yeah," with all of his boys. The entire upper level of the stadium was just completely empty. I know that that stadium is very far away from Coral Gables, but y'all have a team vying for a spot in the college football playoffs. Get it together. There will be a ton of Notre Dame fans in that stadium, and I think that that goes a long way. Notre Dame covers. Sorry, Coach Richt. Okay, the next game, on at 8 p.m., so you better have a dual TV spread. Or, or in CBS be, Studio with me, baby. Or Just CBS Studio with Aaron. Or be a master with your remote control. This game's on Fox. It's at 8 p.m. Number 6 TCU travels to Norman to take on number 5 Oklahoma. Both teams have one loss in the Big 12. And surprisingly to me, Oklahoma is a 6.5-point favorite. They scored 62 points last week against Oklahoma State, but they also allowed 52 I, I I don't know what gives in this game, Aaron, but I, I cannot buy into Oklahoma if they're giving up 52 points in a single game. Listen, I'm going to go with my man crush Monday over here, Baker oh, Mayfield. He's taking over for Nick Fitzgerald? Is this he an alert? Sound over. the alarm. Listen, Sound the alarm. Fitzgerald is on my crap list. He's throwing oh, too many picks. Wow. Yes. You have like a but rotation. I, I I, no, no. You had one of those in college. No, I did not. Yeah. I'm an angel. I don't know what you're oh, talking about. Oh, my goodness. Sharon, close your ears. Don't listen to Drew. Oh, my goodness. Don't listen to anything that man says. He's a liar. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even talk. I know. Uh, All right. Baker Mayfield Drew. takes over. So Fitzgerald go. goes to the bullpen. Let me go back on my rant. Please. I got my boy Mayfield coming back in here. 28 touchdowns, five picks. Dude is just – every big game he produces, Ohio State – Balling out last week, Oklahoma State balling out every game he plays in. He just dominates. They're scoring 45 points a game. They're giving up about 44 points a game. Now they're giving up 28 points a game, but it feels like 44 points the way they've been playing defensively. Oh man! And TCU, they got a pretty good defense. I mean, they're giving up 14 points, so that's a little scary right now. I I don't think TCU is going to be able to stop them. I just don't know if Oklahoma is going to be able to stop TCU. Kenny Hill, Kenny Thrill. Will the thrill, the man, he needs yes. to step his game Shout up. Shout out, thrill. Step your game Bella up. Shout out to thrill, but he needs to have a really big game. Start the year off hot, been cooled down a little bit. Uh, they're still a good team. They're running back Anderson, over 700 yards rushing, seven touchdowns. Um, but it comes down to the quarterback play, I think, for both these teams. Can, can Kenny Hill play a great game? Can he outplay Baker Mayfield at Oklahoma? I don't see it happening. Oklahoma's rolling right now. They're feeling great after that big win last week against Oklahoma State. At Oklahoma State, I see them putting up another 40 points this week and rolling out with another W and can, having con- complete control of the Big 12 at that point. Yeah, I, I'm just going to say this. I think night game at Norman certainly plays into Oklahoma's favor. Uh, I think the defense can and maybe will force a few turnovers Kenny Thrill, I'm not buying into it. I got to go with your boy Baker Mayfield also. I think they just score a bunch. Of, they're going to outscore them. I mean, that's their style of football right now. Um, look for them to get uh, close to that 
points per week that they're scoring right now. I'll take Baker Mayfield and the Oklahoma Sooners, and I'll 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 lay the points too. They're gonna cover. They're gonna win by more than a touchdown for sure. What do you think? Yeah, they're gonna win by more than a touchdown. And after tonight, if I'm rooting for the Heisman, or after Saturday night after this game, I'm sending in my ballot for Baker Mayfield because he's gonna have a big game once again on the national spotlight. Some people just excel when the lights are the brightest, and he's one of those guys. Shine bright like a diamond. Yeah, that's uh, that's sweet. Okay, those are our four picks. We're gonna touch on two more games quickly, Aaron. But uh, we had a few disagreements. Two disagreements. We'll see where we go. If I if I get those two right and you get them wrong, I think we get linked up to just get over five hundred for the season, which is excellent through eleven weeks. the The next game uh, that we're gonna touch on real quick. Let me hear it from you. Number twelve, Michigan State heads to Columbus, takes on number thirteen, Ohio State. Ohio State huge favorite. Favored by 15 and a half points in this game. Michigan State just beat Penn State. What's going on, man? I, I, Vegas knows a lot more than we do for some reason. I don't <laughs> that know. That's true. We might, hey, we might need to take a, a trip to Vegas ah, purely a, for a business. podcast, yes. Just, just for business purposes, just to really pick the minds of these guys and be like, listen, how do you have a spread like this after Michigan State beat Penn State? I know it was at Michigan State, but there was no one in the crowd after a – three-hour rain delay last week, so it was pretty much like a neutral site. I do see Ohio State ba- bouncing back. JT last week, throwing a few exceptions. I see him getting back on track, having a good game. Um, I don't think Michigan Michigan State has that grave an offense, only get, only scoring 24 points a game. Um, yeah, like I said, I got I got Ohio State. I think they'll I think they'll be pissed off. I think Urban Meyer is going to have those boys rolling again once again this week, back on track. And they're still in control of their destiny when it comes to uh, playing in the Big Ten Championship. So it's not like you know they're behind now. They're still in charge of getting to that game. Uh, it's still a long road to get to the, the, the Final Four to get to the playoffs for them. They're going to need some help. But win the Big Ten is still a huge, huge accomplishment. I totally agree. Urban Meyer is a great coach. I do not think he'll allow his team to no-show two weeks in a row, especially this time in front of the home crowd. I don't know if they'll cover the 15 and a half, but we're not picking this game. I do think Ohio State wins. They got a lot more on the line, and they will be making a push towards that Big Ten championship. The last game we're going to pick, the Giant Killers, number 20, Iowa, heads to undefeated number eight, Wisconsin. Wisconsin's a 12 and a half point favorite. This game is at 330 on ABC could Wisconsin finally get knocked off and then we can stop this nonsense about a one loss um, Big Ten? You know, if they, who knows what's going to happen with Wisconsin, but they're just, I don't think they're that good of a football team to be garnering the type of attention that people want them to have. Um, they have not reached it to this point because they are ranked number eight right now, undefeated. I, I don't know. I like this Wisconsin team and I had them last week making the playoffs. They're undefeated, they're rolling. They got the best running back, the best freshman running back in the country, Jonathan Taylor, 1,300 yards, 7.2-yard average, 12 touchdowns. The best touchdowns. freshman running back? The, yeah. DeAndre Swift. Swift? Come yeah, dude. on, man. Am I a homer? Right, listen, I got my homer uh, cap. Are, that is the most homer thing you've ever said right okay. there. Thir- yeah, you he know? does have almost 1,400 yards. Yeah, That's the insane. Dude is, yeah, 13 <laughs> touchdowns. He's crushing it. And then Hornybrook at quarterback has the best name in college football, so you can't go against the guy with the last name. You know what? Just because you said that, I am all in, and and you're totally right. Taylor is a freak. Taylor's he does a have 190 carries, but almost 1,400 yards and 12 touchdowns. That's hard to argue with it's his 
amazingness as a true freshman. So got to give him credit where credit's due. Who do you think wins? Wisconsin? Yeah, I got Wisconsin winning. It's at Wisconsin. Wisconsin's defense is only giving up 13 points a game. They're running the ball well. They're going to control the clock, play great defense, run it. Big 10 football. It's going to be at the line of scrimmage. And Iowa, yeah, they had the big win versus Ohio State last week. But to get back up once again against another big opponent this week, yeah, I don't think I think the juice is running a little low for that team right now. I agree. I I, I I do like that as well. What you just said. Iowa's jerseys last week were last week were so sick. Those were awesome. Like those throwback gray on black. Those were really cool. If they could wear those again, I might pick them. Um, but Wisconsin wins this game. They probably don't cover the twelve and a half. But hey, hand the ball off to Taylor. Let him do his thing they score a lot of points 36 points per game i'll take wisconsin Whew. man i'm on fire right now dude I'm I, I you could what, go that, for was another a, hour. that was fun man that's that's what i'm saying we might need to do a few more shows just this is too much i know i got so much more left in the tank right now dude, we haven't even i'm just done. i'm just i'm crushing my little almonds over here i'm just eating some almonds i'm hungry <laughs> I just need a steak, and I can go for about another two hours, and I'll be good to go. I don't think people realize we have not been together for a show since week two. I mean, we have been doing this, like I said, for the love of the game. Love of the game. You are in Illinois right now. I am in Georgia. We've done it from Arizona, Colorado. We're everywhere, baby. Punt and pass is national. Let's make this thing worldwide, like Nature Boy says. Whether you like it or you don't like it, you better learn to love it. We're the best thing going. Woo! Woo! Let's go. All right. You've been listening to Punt and Pass Podcast for Aaron. I'm Drew. Holler at us at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. And make sure that you tune in Sunday night, Monday morning for what is sure to be an awesome week 11 roundup. Thanks for putting up with me. We will see you on Sunday. See you.